his wingman, or is he her wingman? Because once he gets laid, she gets her wings. Oh, right. She's a wing woman. She's a wingless man. She's Clarence, right? That's what she is, Clarence. Clarence, right. From the 1932. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful life. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings, plural. Right. It only gets the wings. Should I listen to the song closer? It seemed like a good deal when I was up there at the pearly gates. So sue me. <laughs> okay, so yeah, she's great. She, she acts so well in this movie. So she gives her talking to, and he goes, "Get out of here! I'm getting laid." So Sally Kellerman gets out of the car and she takes off the parking brake. Splash! Wow, homicidal ghost. So now I'm not being a homicidal ghost. They're still making yeah. out, right? Oh, and it isn't like in the bay. Bad. It's like in three feet of water, you know. So I'm all wet. Stop yeah, but like that. Right. So the problem with being a homicidal ghost is that you you push somebody's car into the dock and they they drown, but then they die in their ghost and they're gonna fucking chase after you. <laughs> That's right. It's an endless loop. You want Yeah, you don't want to kill them. They'll become ghosts and then you're stuck with them. So now she's like, "It was very nice to meet you." Bye. You know, bye. Like, she's <laughs> leaving. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do a ten Kennedy joke. Something, <laughs> something, chap aquatic. Oh no, that chap's an aquatic now. <laughs> that chap is an aquatic. Aquit, chap aquatic. That chap's aquatic, I'd say. Look at him. Doesn't he look aquatic to you? That's chap aquatic, guy. Eh? That's a long stretch, right? I don't know if that'll work. <laughs> Chap yeah. quit it. He gave up his job. He didn't even get the sack. A Chap quit it. Uh, okay, that doesn't work either. Okay, now we're going to have a wet t-shirt contest, and it's actually pretty fun. Oh, yeah. So it's the like... We don't have a talent portion or a bikini portion. We're just stro strictly interested in the tits. Yay! <laughs> oh, it looks like there's some dissension among the judges. Here he is from War Games. You loved him in War <laughs> Games. Right. In, uh, trailer Park Girls, Boys. He was in Mouse Hunt. Harriet the Spy, Beethoven's third, no, Beethoven's second. Oh, it was the second sequel to Beethoven, huh? The first sequel, I should say. Yeah. He's doing a good yeah, job. Yeah, he used to drink a lot of Beethoven. Well, that's good. I don't think Mean Gene should MC his own room. That's right. Of course not. He's the owner. Yeah, that's bad news. <laughs> 
isn't this inappropriate, Michael? Oh, I'm so disappointed in this. Whoa! He's got to cool himself off. It's so hot. <laughs> He's got his hand. He just can't wait. Oh, this is inappropriate, right. Michael. I disapprove of those luscious, bodacious titties. No, Michael, <laughs> this is terrible. It's wrong. Terrible. Terrible. But They're natural, too. The oh, she won. <laughs> she won an award. Miss Gaudy? You're the prize. You look great. And a dollar ninety-eight. <laughs> the dollar ninety-eight beauty fashion show. Yeah, that show would be made now, or maybe it would. Get the prize. It's like an MTV show. Okay, now um, she go he goes. Excuse me, any time. Boink. <laughs> now, why? I forget why. Oh no no. Tell me. Okay. Sally Kellerman's going to basically push her in the drink, okay? And then she's going to push right. Rudy in the drink as if he jumped in to save her. And that'll set up a sexual tryst. Are you going to save her anyway? Nope. Well, I don't know. Nope. She flicked Now, Mike, Paul, you see why this is cuckoo? Half the time she's like, you don't want to, you know, ruin this girl. And then the other half of the time she's like trying to make a hookup. It doesn't make sense. Right. She wants him. But it's like she's jealous of him. Okay. She kind of loves it, loves him, but is also trying to get herself to heaven. But she seems yeah, she's got other to that. sleep with the bimbos. That's what Sally Kellerman wants. Well, the thing is, you always get girls like that if you're like, oh, weren't you on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, Scary Movie 3. Now, imagine him really as like a 21-year-old, a 22-year-old. He must be loving the kissing and everything. <laughs> you know, he's a movie star now. This was his debut. Yeah, you don't think it's creepy they're like getting this young guy to kiss all the women? No. While they film it? <laughs> I think it's very normal. <laughs> very normal. Your trailer's the, ready. Your trailer's ready, Mr. Dempsey. I'm a star. I'm a... Another day, another kissing. <laughs> Keep this up, son. Well, he was a, a Bridget Jones baby. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, oh, he was in Baby, huh? That's interesting. I've seen that one. I've seen all three. Come back. She writes a lot. So. Bridget Jones, half of it's her writing in the diary. It's kind of boring. Yeah, now she's got a baby. I like your jiggly bits, I does. <laughs> I've got to hide all me jiggly bits. He's going to do it. Now, what Wait, does he, he find? The salami. Ah! You creep. 
I want my money back. Salami dick. He and likes now to... she's going to tell everyone on the beach, of course, and he'll be salami dick. He totally forgot he had salami in his hand. Right, and then he's going to be like, you told me to do it, Sally Kellerman, and she's like, you're an idiot. Story of my life. It must stink that's long. Does he have to clean the... Uh, yeah, look at that special effects. So, oh, I thought that was graffiti. That was just fine. Yeah, like you're gonna... It's probably a stunt person dangling, right? I don't know how they did that. Why? Are... This must be a cherry picker she's standing on. Right. Oh, uh, or maybe even just a... Yeah, she's got to be standing right. Flat but this one, it's a a cherry. Uh, it can't Maybe be she's dangling. Graphics. It can't be computer graphics. They got to be dangling someone. Yeah. So Do now you think that's a stunt Kellerman? What's that? Is that a stunt Kellerman? That's what I mean. I think it must be, right? I don't think they would risk her. Okay, more Mean Gene hilarity. But what we're learning here is Mean Gene is cheating on his old lady. Oh. Another day at the dock and a guy gets pitched out and they make their betting money. It's so weird. Better luck next time, does folks. Does the, does the girl even leave her house? Or she's no. too busy being courted? That's right. She's always up there. She's like Penelope in, in the Odyssey. Ulysses wants to go home and, sit and save her from the suitors. Well, it'll pay off why she's up there and never comes out. Should I ruin it for you? It's stupid. I don't know. We still got some time. She dies in the kind end. Of oh, way to ruin the movie. In the end, Mean Gene uh, abused, you know, he goes too far one night, and she dies. <laughs> well, I told you the story that I had a job writing trivia questions for Austin Powers Operation Trivia. Uh -huh. And no, this is the one before. No, it was up. And this is uh, to coincide with the 1999 sequel. Okay. And uh, they said, what's your favorite movie? And I said, Meatballs 3. And they said, they hired me, and they said it was because I didn't pick Casablanca or something like that. <laughs> that's good. But I was, yeah, that's good. I mean, what other movie has a dead porn star trying to get a nerd laid so he, she can go back to heaven? Right, and why did I think we had already seen it? I, well, it's kind of a hack premise, I guess. I guess. You were thinking of the one for the music. Your school spirit, right? Right. See, I guess so. I took a look at that, and it's strange. You know, in my archive, I only have a text file of my research. I didn't have a recording from the station. I huh. didn't have a movie. I didn't have a YouTube, you know, thing. Okay, so now Mean Gene is shortchanging Rudy, and Rudy's going to be like, the fuck? Time to have sex with your girl. How, why'd you say that? Because she's going to lose his virginity to Mean Gene's girl. I, I got this movie. I see what's happening. But don't forget... You don't have to be Hitchcock. 
Well, I hate to burst your bubble, Mike, but uh, the the murder happens prior to him going upstairs, and he ends up with Wendy. Oh, all right. Wait, what murder? Fear in her apartment and consent to a mercy hunt. Well, that's good. That That's a win-win for him, for her, and for the dead prostitute uh, porn star. Yeah, and it is so a I... dark ending, you know, because Roxy goes to hell. But I do commend George Mendel yes. for pulling it off. For making the turn to committing to it. So he's like, you shortchanged me, and the guy, he, you know, this guy's like tough shit, and it's really ugly. Yeah, awkward. So he goes, you're fired, and he goes, keep your money. So Mean Gene boots him his butt, and everyone laughs. It's humiliating. Right, there's a lot of that in this movie. That's the worst thing a uh, nerd virgin could be is humiliated. Oh, the sausage. Yeah, they threw a salami because he's salami dick. Did you get fired from a deli because you hit the salami? <laughs> yeah. He's hiding yeah. the salami. It was Kabika's, Kabika's Ocean Beach Deli. He got, he was. I'm, I'm wearing their shirt right now. You Kibika's are. Ocean. Still moving. There's Wendy. Call Grubhub. <laughs> Now, you might recognize Wendy because she was in Tremors 3. Right. That's if I saw Tremors 3. I think I stopped it, too. And she was in Scanners 2, The New Order. More blowing up heads. And, of course, she's Canadian like that. Oh, Tremors. Uh, Carolyn Rhea. Tremors. Carolyn Rhea is totally Canadian. Wendy's totally Canadian. Right. Um, the guy who was in War Games, he was born in Brooklyn, but right away they moved to Montreal. He's Canadian. Um, the rat, yeah. Uh, mean Gene is Canadian. It's all Canadian, including the director. Huh. You know, I love the Tremor movies because they always have like the Tremors 1 starring Kevin Bacon, Tremors 2 starring Fred Ward. Tremors 3. We got Michael Gross. Michael Gross is in it. <laughs> the dad for uh, Family uh, Family Matters, or that show is called. Yeah. Not Family Matters. Growing Family. No. What was uh, the one with Alex P. P. Keaton? Alex Keaton was growing. Uh, t- t- uh, with Michael J. Fox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, and Michael Gross is the dad. So that was um, uh, <laughs> oh, well. That was Full House. <laughs> yeah, it was Full House. You're right. Uh, listen, one of the highlights was of going to San Francisco was visiting the Full House house and having no obstructions, no crowd, and no people shooing us away. Right. When we went in like 1230 at night, you said, okay, this is it. GPS, Full House house. <laughs> right. Three cattle of Brady. Yeah. <laughs> And we stop off in this very kind of rich neighborhood and a quiet rich neighborhood. And you're like, I'll be right back. Clickety-clack, click, 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 click. Pictures, pictures. Facebook, here I come. Text my son who loves that stupid show. Well, you know, the ironic thing is I live in the Fuller House house, and I never told you. Mm-hmm. He's taking a photograph of my place. 
You know, they should have a quarantine episode of Full House where they're stuck in the house. That, all that wacky family. Yeah, Fuller House. Fuller. And they're like, Fuller House shelter in place, like sheltered Fuller House in place. Yeah. And they all can't leave the house. They're all stuck at home. Do you remember, suddenly they're not so do funny. That pilot's um, life's laugh lessons. We're we're rewriting. We're making a new pilot instead that is COVID. Right. Well, what's the pitch? Give me the pitch. Uh, it's basically the birth of the comedy school. Like he's going to be a, you know, he he helps out this one comedian who's too scared to get on stage, and the guy's like, "You should be a teacher, no, a professor." So. He at this rinky dink comedy club, he, he makes 25 people sign up, but then COVID hits and six show. And the next thing, they're on a virtual class and it's a virtual open mic. Right. And, yeah, it's good. I love that. One of them, right. yeah, I think socially distance. And guess what happens? Uh, he gets a set, he gets an audition for Cobra Air. Correct. He gets on the. He's on. Yeah. He's a writer for Gobert, and he gets an audition. Right. You know why? Because that guy's an asshole. Nothing bad happens to him. You know. It's, you he's know, he's Montclair. And he gets. He is. Gobert is in Montclair, New Jersey. Yeah, that's where he lives. I know. Yeah, I did. I heard that he was interviewed by John Stewart at the Wilmot, uh, uh movie house at the theater. That sounds right. That's his kind of move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the eighties, that was like a it was a music hall that was turned into a multiplex, and they right. would show like Joysticks and Cujo. That was a great. I remember that theater we used to go in there, and it was all. It looked like it would be a good like, um, uh, you know, play a theatrical theater. Yeah, they used to be one screen. They showed Caligula for a full year, and they had enough money to turn it into a multiplex. John Crow, you before now, I understand out there. Yeah, you would yeah. sneak out of the house and go see Caligula. Isn't that crazy that they showed Caligula in our neighborhood for a solid year? Like our neighbors went there and jerked each other off. Uh, okay, if you know the <laughs> facts behind it. Well, come on. They they were open for 40, 54 weeks, right? Showing one movie in town. It Who's going to go? People from Glen Ridge? People from Bloomfield are going to come over? From Newark are going to come over? No, it's like our neighbors, you know, you know my neighbors. They probably were there. My dad was probably there. Your dad was probably there, Carl. Oh, I'm sorry. I hate to break the news to you. It's Paul. <laughs> How are you, Paul? There's Kenichi. It's our- yeah, it's Paul Vey Kenichi. Hey, oh, John Skolnick's here. High five, my man. Oh, not that hand. I'll high five your left hand. Oh, the Cobra Kai. (laughs) Time for the Cobra Kai. Yeah, they mean business. These guys are the snobs, not the slobs. Okay, so now the guys who are betting, they've hired a gigolo named Adonis. Okay, and he's going to go up there, and he is going to score with her. Oh, did you see the boom mic? (laughs) Really? There was a boom mic. Yeah. Fourth time I've seen this film, I did not see the. Are you sure it wasn't that lamppost? Yeah, I'm sure because it was it was a mic. It was a real yeah, and you know mics, Mike. Yeah, I'm well versed in mics. Remember we watched that movie that um, uh, it's too hot. No, uh, they're playing with fire, and she had the boom mic on the stage as a singer. Right. Yeah, that was that was an easy fix. 
you know that, that was a quick shoot that day. It's got a lot of hits. That stupid movie. Well, it's because we have a screen grab of uh, uh, Sybil Danning. It yeah. looks terrific. But you don't think people are searching by the, you know, like by maybe it, they're they're searching like can the flat Earth get coronavirus, and then suddenly it pops up. You might like this picture of a girl with <laughs> in a bikini. Lawaflabot. I do. What the fuck is Lawaflabot? <laughs> Okay. Oh, is that the one week ago we listed it two thousand views and change? Yeah. That's wow. Plus in one week. Okay. Now we find out that Adonis was a stud, but he was a you know for a bull and to stud cows. And he's like, I grew up in the city. You idiots. So they thought they hired a gigolo, but they hired a farmhand's prize bull. To impregnate the cows. Right. That good old bull semen. That semen is... So they lost. Man. Okay. Now, Wendy, for some reason, goes and finds Mean Gene and says, I just want you to know they're, you know, doing a sacrifice and it's the love goddess, you know, your girlfriend. Oh, weird. Here he goes. What's... <laughs> Why he's dressed like a teddy bear? They're doing like a weird-ass ceremony because they're weirdo biker people. Oh, they were going to sacrifice her, but now they got to go back to the... Now, All right. what does Wendy no. get for snitching? They like kidnapper and like rockhauser. Right. Yeah, well, that's what happened to snitches. Okay, now, Rudy has decided he's going to go upstairs and fuck the love goddess to get back at Mean Jean. And she doesn't want Sally Kellerman's help. She has to do this on his own. Right, no ghost antics. Meanwhile, downstairs. They're getting, like, the Adonis is out, so the guy, you know, our heavy, our bad guy, he's going to be the one to go upstairs. Wow. For the betting These guys are all desperate. Not believable. This is what the life was like without a cell phone. Boring. <laughs> Making up weird bets. Right. Look how she has a dot matrix printer. I know. I could hear it from down here. And a cathode ray oh, monitor. No. Okay, we're now meeting the love goddess, and she is just – her name's Shannon Tweed, and this is the only thing she was ever in. But she is furious. Maybe I'm not right about that, poor Shannon Tweed, but I don't know. I didn't write anything down. Nothing grabbed me. But it's really Mean Gene's yeah. sister. Oh, so some weird ancestral thing. Sharon Tweed is married to Gene Simmons, right? Right, right. Uh, I don't know why in the world I didn't uh, write that down. Yeah, she's on their reality show, like that Kiss reality show with Gene Simmons. Boy, I really missed the news story there. I should have done a lot of research on this. I probably would have had some great well, stuff no, to say about her. Yeah, well, she's been around in different stuff. 
Uh-oh. I wasted my time Wait with a Kellerman. That was, Dolly Kellerman's interesting. Okay. So, oh, Roxy is like, I couldn't resist, kid. Roxy, I told you to get out of here. So we found <laughs> out that it's the sister, and she never comes out because she's working on her PhD. <laughs> In what? What to uh, do if there's theology. a quarantine? Sociology. So I never left the house before anyone. Okay, Rudy kicked He's her crazy. out, right? But he still takes advantage right. of the situation she created. Yeah, no shit. Even though he's like, I got to do I, this on my own. Look at this guy. What a professional actor. Now they're up there. Yeah. Going, he's giving us the hands up. Kick. Whoa. Is he going to wake up now? Is he going to be unfrozen in time? Otherwise, he drowned. Why were they frozen in time, but the people outside the house were not? Wouldn't be stuck in time was stopped in all time? Maybe time started when he kicked the kid? I don't know. Good question, Mike. These are perplexing questions, and that's why we have the expert Paul Brumba. Paul, explain it to me. Now, you'll have to refresh my memory on what I'm I'm, uh, telling you about. I was actually just uh, shouting you guys out on Facebook. Why time frozen? Up in the apartment for the love goddess, but meanwhile outside everyone was milling around. Time was running. Fun. Yeah, if a ghost, Paul, if a ghost stops time, doesn't that mean all of time and every location is frozen, or just in the apartment? Right. <laughs> I think only in that dimension, guys. If you're looking for clarification, only in that current dimension. All right. Thank you, Doctor Brumba. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Mamba. By the way, we're being joined by Christine and Dakota. Uh-huh. Oh, hey. Hi to both. Okay, so Glad now you guys we're are currently watching this. this on the back porch, so. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's post-apocalyptic. Mean Gene is now coming back from the ceremony, and he is going to rave, you know, just beat the crap out of whoever's up there in that room. Now, the love goddess realizes that he had nothing to do with the betting, so she's pretending to have sex with him so that everyone outside wow. thinks he's a stud. I'm telling you, they have nothing to do in this town. They must have all fucked each other, got herpes, and then said, what else can we do? They do look special. Yeah, maybe they're inbreeding. Don't they have day jobs? Everyone downstairs summer like, camp. Screw her, screw her. There he is. The, the, da-da. I'm uh, on Grey's Anatomy. I am on <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, little guy. Man. I've had dogs that showed less ribs. <laughs> <laughs> now. Was that, was that a ghost? Of, what's the guy's name? Deezen in... Uh, you're gonna Eddie Deason. Stuff, yeah, that guy, Eddie. Right. Yeah. He was in Surf too. Yes. Uh oh. Yeah. Look at that guy's a punk rocker. Bully's getting crazy, and he snapped free. Uh, free. 
The market is bullish. Look at that. They got a camera on the bull. Where's he running to? Everyone get out of the way. They're running with the bulls. Oh, no. They're going into the China shop. You idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I took my pet bull into a China shop. That was a big mistake. It cost a lot of money. Big mistake. <laughs> what were you thinking? What was it like? Well, I was like, heel, well, had boy, to... heel. He couldn't help himself. Oh, yeah. He was like, uh, how can you put it? A bull in a china shop? <laughs> that that would be the right expression in English. So everybody is jumping out of the way and crashing into the water, but not Mean Gene. He's singly focused. Oh, he's going to make sure his sister's uh, valor is restored. Now, that was an oh, incredible I've video effect with the rolling screen. Now, yeah, I know. Back up there, and they're like, "Your time is up, and you didn't do it." And so now the devil comes, and says, "Hey, I give you a four picture deal." Wow, you were right. She is going to hell. And the devil looks like an old producer that screwed her over. Now I'm real sorry, Roxy. Let's see. Wow. That's what my devil looks like. Some poor yeah. shark missing his shark suit. Mean Gene. So now we're going to get jokes like, you're overreacting. It's because you eat red meat. And it's kind of dumb, but I'm going to. Here we go. So she's just nagging him. He sounds like Chewie from Star Wars. Right. Was that <laughs> Yeah. Did you see that hilarity? I don't know. Under his feet? Yeah, now the guy's got his... This movie throws, even throws the kitchen sink. Oh. Has everything including... Right. Everything including the kitchen sink. He headbutted the wall. Uh, dry, the drywall is he's stuck. Why does he live there? They're like the roof gets broken and the walls are paper mache. Right, and it fell on he his feet. Something and then home. Yeah, right but, on his salami. You gotta let me help this kid. Sign right here, Roxy. Okay, I'll give you an eight picture <laughs> deal. Eight pictures. All right, Roxy. I just spoke to the man upstairs, and he'll give you one more chance. You have a moral oh, dilemma, oh, Roxy. Don't listen to her, Roxy. Time with me. You gotta help that kid, Roxy. Have you no heart? Bonk. Wow. Boy, I really dropped the ball on researching her, right? Mm. She's on Twitter. Don't you know Sharon tweets? I, I guess. <laughs> right. so, she well, has a cane. Okay. so fine. Listen, this is my research. It's great. Patrick uh, Dempsey, right? When he was a kid, he participated in juggling competitions. In 81, he made second place at International Jugglers Association 
matched uh, behind Anthony Gatto, who is considered to be the best technical juggler of all time. Oh, wow. What a show. Okay, I that loved makes to sense, too, that. because... Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. That makes sense too because no, he's juggling girls. Well, no, like because again, it's the movie you haven't seen, Carl. Uh, uh, Can't buy me love. He does juggling in it too. And oh, I'm like, wow! He's a really mm. good dancer and juggler. Perfect. He juggles too in that movie in World War Two. He juggles the wives of the our serving our servicemen fighting the war. Yo, he's supporting the he's troops, supp- Mike. You don't appreciate his work. You know who appreciated it is the troops' wives because, man, is he really um, – yeah, he's a great American. Look at that. Team's giving him back to seven bucks. Sorry, right, right. short change. Yeah. You sure did kick my ass. And he's, de- and he's definitely juggling he more like than Pete's lover boy. <laughs> He's I want you to have this ugly sign. He's offering that he get the tattoo of the biker gang. You're one of us now. Look at that sign. Well, they think Ugh. he banged. Uh, the All the girls like one. He's in Who's he looking for? What are you looking oh, at? Oh, nobody. Sir? I'm looking at the most beautiful girl on the dock. Hey, Wendy, before I shower, you want to do it? <laughs> and a long walk off the short pier. He's advi- Sally's advising her. Yeah. She can see... This ghost magic doesn't make a lick of sense. Now she can talk to somebody else? Yeah. He goes, oh, she's trying to – when do you lose yeah. her virginity? No means yes. Right. No means yes. Yeah, Paul, I was going to mention – I read a book about the teen sex comedies of the 80s, and in the preface, the guy says these films have these really morally wrong – situations but you could see growing up why like a guy like uh yeah Brent Kavanaugh uh, behaves the way he does is because of these movies and they they specified Kavanaugh in the in the pro in the introduction and I, th- I thought that was kind of meaningful because it's true like these guys think you could do it just because these movies kind of promote it movies tell stories and stories tell culture yeah that's true uh-oh, sign of the times. End <laughs> of an era. Oh, I did all right. I think I'll like it up here in heaven. You're my real girlfriend now. But the thing is, yeah, so we're, we're going to hang around the dock fun. until he rings her bell. Interesting. Creepy ghost. This is the first time someone's going to lose a virginity without a family member ghost watching. Some stranger ghost. Like incest porn on the internet. I guess. What? Are you talking about that? Sh- oh, never mind. Listen, all you haven't noticed that all the porn there's so much incest porn. I don't think I noticed. Oh, Michael. Okay, well, I got interested. <laughs> I've, I've read. I've read about that. There is a lot of that. Yes. Oh, look at uh, they're yeah. ending it. There goes the credits. 
So she's in heaven. She's in heaven. What else? Do you, there's no more story to tell. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, that has look been the, Meatball Look at the credits. City. They're jiggling more. Those credits are jiggling more than Sally Kellerman was in that last scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, or that wet t-shirt contest we watched. Uh, but mercifully, there are end credits. Paul Brumbaugh, it's great to have you on the show. What do you think of this movie? Very interesting. Like I said, I must have seen it, or at least parts of it, at one point, because some of it seems so memorable, and then other parts, no, not at all. Yeah. So what did I think? Very interesting. You guys always serve up an interesting quiz, and here's a movie I still can't figure out if I've seen it before or not. Interesting. Yeah, well, did you have cable in the 80s? Did you have a Blockbuster membership in the 90s? Yes, I did. Uh, yes, I did, and yes, I did. I sold cable the in the 80s and, 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 and knew a friend at work for Blockbuster in the 90s, yes. So chances are you did see this film. Carl, what did you think of this movie, Meatball 3 Summer Job? Um, I thought it was uh, okay. It, it was good for your show. Just like Paul was using the word interesting because, you know, you can't say it was good. But your show, a lot to talk about. Really good. I missed Gene Simmons' wife or girlfriend. I missed that. That screwed up. But other well, than that, I didn't. Not for nothing. Mm. Well, well, I think this movie is the greatest movie ever. The greatest movie ever? Yeah, much better than uh, Meatballs 4. Much better than Meatballs 1. Okay. Forget no. Meatballs 1. Bill I'm not ready for the summer. <laughs> I'm not ready for the good Are times. That was not a good time. Idea. No, if it's Meatballs 3. Fireflies, something, something. Yeah. There's a whole lot of fooling around. All right, well, that was Meatballs 3. Yeah. Uh, with, and, and with Carl, Mike, and Paul Brumbaugh. Uh, whose podcast is called The Edge of Insanity, and you should subscribe to it or listen to miniradio.fm at noon on Sundays, Pacific Standard Time, to hear him, followed by us. Next week, I don't have a trailer for this movie, Carl. Okay. I can make one up on the spot. I'll make one up on the spot. It is the 1978 uh, car repo classic, Zero to Sixty. He was a repo man. Hey, buddy, you're taking my car. It worked in the, uh, Los Angeles. Hiya, honey. You're taking my car. Things go crazy. Zero to 60. Rated for G. Rated 1978 G. <laughs> All right, well, that was the trailer for this movie with Garen, uh, Darren McGavin. It's called Zero to 60. And I don't have a trailer for it, but uh, other than the one I had to come up on the spot. Can you come up with a trailer on the spot, Carl, for Zero to 60 next week's movie? Zero to 60. He was a Repo Man in Los Angeles, and it's not that Repo Man movie. Hey, you're taking my car. Sure thing, Bill, lady. <laughs> not Repo Man this summer. Rated 1978, gee. <laughs> uh, Paul, can you do a trailer to next week's movie, Zero to 60? In a world where people would buy cars, but they couldn't pay for them. It's Repo Man. <laughs> if you know the title of your film, press one. <laughs> That's old. <laughs> That's... Oh, it's a really folk guy. Excellent. 
U.S. record in a world. <laughs> you press <laughs> Repo Man. So yeah, so next week's movie is, I love it, because that's perfect. So you just heard three trailers for next week's movie, not Repo Man, 0 to 60, 1978. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, audience. Thank you, Kat, who's in my house, who kids, uh, was very calm during this whole thing. And uh, we'd love, thank you, audience. Keep listening to us. We'll be back next week for Shirzies. MuniRadio.fm, you could go to Venmo and can donate to the station. I know they have a GoFundMe. If you could type in Muni Radio at GoFundMe, we're like $1,000 shy to reach our goal because, you know, the world went tilt. Anyway, enough about that. Hope you guys are great. We'll see you next Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the Now let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Michael That motley, every day, that though. motley Able. crew, Abel Jaramillo over here just flipping everybody off, yes. looking like he just no, got really, out of court. I, mean, I don't think it's just you. It's not something you could just do six times a week for like five months and then just assume that you're going to be really good at. Yeah. Or be better at. I mean, it's just, it's it's weird. It's it's a tough way to do it. Like, it, is is it is is comedy something that you actually saw yourself doing your entire life, even as even as a kid, or is this something yeah. that you just kind of grew into? No, I mean, I grew into it. I mean, I again, you know, I was. After high school, I was just going to college, and then I met, um, you know, Sammy, one of my buddies from high Sammy school. Sammy obeyed, yes. Not a boy. They're looking for Abel right now. I know. Huh? <laughs> it's not the police. They actually think he OD'd. Like, I know one of these assholes are parked illegally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're a fire truck. Uh, but the. Um, the uh, what was it? What was the question? We were talking about uh, the. Oh yeah, was this something? So, was it, yeah, was this something that you saw yourself doing your whole life? Never saw myself. You know, the weird thing about stand up is I never really saw myself doing stand up. I, I kind of wanted to go to law school. My sister's a doctor, once a lawyer. I always thought it'd be really fun to be a lawyer because I like uh, I like reading. I like learning up on stuff, and then I think being in a in a courtroom battling some other dude would be hella fun. Right. Um. So that that's something that I was actually focused on doing. But then I met my friend Sammy. He was doing stand up comedy a year into it brought me into uh, a couple mics um but that's pretty much 
That's basically where we started, and then you just get addicted to that, man. What I was mean, your What was your? Do you remember your first, first experience? Time, do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I did Mission Pizza over there in Fremont. It was like Valentine's Day, yeah, two thousand and nine, I think. So I just go up there, and uh, again, I invited a lot of my friends. I'm from Fremont, so there's like forty of my friends, right? And I just remember going up there and just doing like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, almost the first time. And I did really well because all my friends were over there. I, like, killed it. I was like, okay, this is really – this is what I should be doing. This is awesome. And then I hit, like, four mics that week, and it was just, like, not the case. And, that, yeah, it, yeah. It, it hurts, right? Totally it the hurts. The world is just all like, uh, I, mean, I don't know who Mark is, so this isn't funny. Why are you talking about your friends? <laughs> like, you guys know Mark. I'm like, we didn't go to your high school, sir. Okay, so how do you deal? Like, how do you deal with that rejection? Because here's the thing about comedy, man. Like, when the crowd rejects you, you feel it immediately. Yeah, it's not like you, you put up a – You can't care. You, you're not supposed to. to. I, oh, most definitely. Oh, I don't care. I just yell back at them. Right. I said, I'm sorry, you're not too uh, smart to understand this dick joke, but right. I don't think it's not funny. <laughs> it's a very sophisticated dick joke. That's exactly you know, what's going when on. When you get rejected by hot girls eight times a week, who gives right. a shit about the crowd in Billings? Well, see, that, that's... <laughs> you know, that's like, I mean, that's a great like, point, though. what I really though. wanted was Tanya, not for you idiots to like me, so I don't give a shit. No, no, but that's a great point, though, man, because yeah. I feel like, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like when you get accustomed to the feeling of, yeah. of rejection, of instant yeah. rejection, it's easier to go out into the world... And yeah. just be as badass as you want to yeah. because it's, it can't hurt you. It's like it's like being whooped on the back so many times that your back is just numb now yeah, at this point. So, I mean, do you find – like, I don't love you. It's it's like, like, I don't care. You're like, I don't love the me either. jokes aren't working, Kelly. I'm at Mission Pizza. I don't love me either, okay? I know. I tell you, dude, that's, that's the thing about it. You cannot care about the – you have to – rejection – even when you get great, you're getting rejected. I mean, there's always going to be rejection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, even when you blow up, there's going to be roles that you're not going to get or TV shows that you're not going to be on, even if you're out there killing it. Right. So you got to get quick. Rejection should be the first thing you should actually think of. Right. So when you're happy, when the one rejection doesn't happen, you're like, you know what? Things are good. <laughs> I'm going to be it's fine. Like, uh, it's like they're serving breakfast after 10. This isn't a victory. <laughs> is there is, is there like a goal for you, though, Kabir? Like, what, what is I, – I get this question from – uh, younger comics like what is it that you want to do like what where do you want to be in like five yeah. or ten years what is what is the goal that Kabir Singh has in mind in terms of yeah. comedy or entertainment well listen you can't put a number on when you want to achieve it but like literally my goal is I love doing stand-up comedy that's my thing I would love performing on the road 260 days a year yeah. all over America and the world repeatedly theaters and sell tickets of course fortunately you have to get on television to do that and other stuff that you have to get good at to do what you want to do um but that's that's basically the goal and really honestly the goal i mean of just going city to city and making people laugh i've pretty much already over i've already achieved i mean i get to go i mean i'm not getting paid great and there's a lot of shows that do suck yeah. but i'm still hitting that i still get to go out and make people laugh so it's a lot of fun it would be fun doing it while being getting rich, I guess. That, that would also be dope. I, I'm, Is that the way to say it? Yeah. Is that the bright way to answer that question? I think that's the most direct way like to do it. I'd like to get rich doing exactly what I'm what doing What I want right to do. Now. Please. <laughs> right now, Please. it's good. Um, I, I, it's, uh, 20 more grand a show would be nice. <laughs> I know I know you're going city to city, and that definitely is one of the perks of uh, doing stand-up comedy, but you're originally from the Bay Area, Bay Area. Um, from Fremont. Uh, my, my question is this though do you think that there is a huge difference between like Bay Area the Bay Area comedy scene versus out you know the rest of the world and I, know, I yeah. hate to sound pretentious because I know the Bay Area people right. usually sound like you know our shit don't stink or something like that right but what what is Bay Area comedy compared to somewhere on you know in the Midwest or, or down south we, 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 we are literally at the best the Bay Area is the best place to get good at stand-up because it's a melting pot and you're gonna get 
all different kind of crowds throughout the week. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you could just go in there and do – I mean, there's just so many people here. Right. Uh, people talk about the Midwest like it's easy. They're the easiest crowds. Really? They're happy to see you. It's Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be a dick. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, right. They're, they're, it's way harder to impress and make people laugh at – Roosters on a Sunnyvale when the whole Oracle and Yahoo's over there that's just trying to get drunk or San Francisco with all these guys where you can't say anything at all. Right. You know, they're way harder than going in the – I mean, Bay Area is a perfect place to get good. I mean, this is the best place. You go to different rooms, get good. Midwest, Chicago, Denver, they're the same people. Yeah. Everyone watches the same stuff on television – I mean, it's crazy. Everybody yeah. watches that. And you kind of already know how people think just by watching the news and the shows that are successful and the cartoons that do well. Yeah. They're not totally different of it. When you start going to like Glasgow and stuff where your accent, like Scotland, where you're just talking and they're like, I don't know what he's saying. Right, right, right. That's when it becomes an issue. Has, has that been an issue <laughs> oh, for you? Oh, Lord. I went, I lied to this promoter like four years into stand-up. He's like, you're a headliner. I'm like, yeah, headline America. Oh, this is great. He's like, yeah, we need to headline these, uh, this like UK tour. And I was like, hell yeah. He's like, you got an hour? I'm like, yeah, I got an hour. At Tommy T's right. in the San Jose Improv. I'm four years in. <laughs> right. They throw me in a Glasgow in, like, Birmingham, and I'm just up there. It's like, this is going to be tough. <laughs> I mean, Glasgow, they just stared at me. I've never seen it. I was an hour. That was good. I still had an hour of good show. I was yes. doing it. But it was just 45 minutes, and people were just looking at me like, I don't understand a word that's coming that's out of That's incredible. Mouth. And I'm like, it's English. Right. And they tell me something. So I kind of don't understand what you're saying. It's it two people speaking English, completely different accents. Same don't know language. what the hell. Yeah. So so what's going on in your mind? I mean, you're talking about going overseas to do comedy. Oh, yeah. And you're, you kind of, you know, you kind of gassing yourself up to this guy by saying, yeah, I got an hour. Oh, of I mean, course. so, so what all else those. You're going to tell the guy it's. You're not going to say no. Too grand a show. Yeah, you're not going to say no. An hour, sir. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So what Which you, hour would you like? <laughs> what are you thinking in those? What are you thinking in those 45 minutes where they're the just hour. watching? I'll you? bring it, sir. Well, no, no. What are you thinking in, the, in that time where, they, where you're just being judged? <laughs> Oh, do, while I was bombing? Yeah. Oh, they immediately knew I wasn't shit the minute I got there. Like, <laughs> they put me on the first show in London. I'm like 30 minutes into that, just sweating. I'm like, so you guys, uh, the McDonald's here tastes funny. Right. <laughs> just it. Scotland was tough. They didn't understand a word. But you know what? They were so polite. Like, I, I they were just so cool that they wanted me to do well. They understand there was a language barrier. They understand that it's not my fault. Yeah. There's a lot more respect for comedians in the UK, like we're looked at, at like there's a lot of TV shows in the UK where they just put stand-up comedians on a panel and they just talk about their opinions. Right, Something right, right. that we would destroy here. From exactly. Like, hey, yes. Shit. Like the, the structure over there, comedians are really well respected. So even though I was eating, eating it, and in my head I'm like, this is really bad. They were still not rude. They weren't booing. They were just listening, and they're like, you know, they understood what clap. Yeah. But you could just tell as a comedian that, dude, none of this is working, and you're you're not gonna get paid. You're not, you're not getting that satisfaction, right? <laughs> you're not scratching that itch. You got a piece of paper over there, man, with some stuff written down. Did you want to read some of that stuff off? Oh no, I want to ask a question. Yeah. Oh, uh, you want? Okay. Go, yeah, I want to ask you a couple questions. Oh, you want to ask me a job. question? Because like as a comedian, right? So I've been doing just stand up. Never had a day job while I was doing stand up, at least, other than the telemarketing I did 15, trying to hook up with that girl. Rejection again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the. Um, when you do stand up, when you have like a full time job, dude, yeah. like, how do you balance the two? Like, I guess my question is, if you have to do radio, 
in the morning for a big radio show on like a Wednesday, but you get this gig in Arizona that doesn't pay anything, or a gig in LA that doesn't pay anything, but industry is there, and you need to be show your face over there to do well, and you got the spot. I mean, how do you pick that? Well, at this point, you know, I, I got to a point where um, I had to make a decision. It's like, look, I, I signed this contract to do this radio show that I really enjoy doing, um, but at the same time, you know, if I, if a great opportunity comes up in uh, in LA or Seattle or wherever yeah. it may be, you have to make a decision. You have to choose. You well, know, never good opportunities in Seattle. <laughs> well, yeah, or wherever it may be, wherever it may you be. Might right? Pass on the Seattle gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come down to uh, Topeka and see if, see if I can make that make that work. No, um, I mean, but again, like when you so you you just have to weigh the options. You just right? have to weigh the options. Whichever one is worth it more. I mean, if if it's a big show on a, on on the radio on Wednesday morning and I want to go to LA or whatever, but I but let's say they're not paying or let's say I'm not too sure about the Booker or I don't yeah. know I don't know the people that well. I might side with the radio show. Right, right. Although my first love is stand up comedy. I only got into radio because of stand up comedy. Um, that's I kind of I kind of stumbled into into sports talk radio right. and, and morning radio. So I know where my loyalties are. It's definitely towards comedy. But yeah, sometimes you just got to make a tough decision. And, and, what, and sometimes you do have to pass up on a gig that sounds cool. Yeah. But you're not very sure about. Oh, you know, you, know, you start weighing it. Yes. Anyway. Exactly. Like, you know, like oh, this person's there, that person's there. You, you might drive seven hours. People. You might drive seven hours to get there, oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're getting bumped. Nine people, you're getting bumped. Your boss is calling you. So yeah, <laughs> where so are you? It's just a lot of hard decisions, man. You just you just got to know. But I look at it like this. It's a good problem to have, you know, because because you got two things that you love. I have two things in, that I love in my life, radio and comedy. Yeah. I get a chance to, you know, I've worked hard enough to be able to be in, engulfed in both of them. So it's a good problem to have. But I'll just have to make the tough decision. But radio wasn't your only job doing stand up, though, right? You had no, no. I, before radio, like, before I actually did full time radio, I used to sell asphalt for a, for a uh, construction company. Geez. I was an asphalt estimator. estimator. I, would, I would go to your parking lot. I would measure it all out. I'd, uh, Were you good at that? I was pretty good. You, dude, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Asphalt is a lucrative industry. I can it's imagine. everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You really don't think about it until you actually start selling it, and then you yeah. look around. And you're like, God damn! Every single road, every single freeway, almost all driveways. Yeah, no, you know, we it's know. All that. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man. But you don't notice it until you're actually making money off of it. That's gangster. So what, yeah. What time did you have to go to work for that? That was when you're in sales. You kind of have more of an open oh, schedule. Yeah. So, you, so you know, you can make your own schedule. You showed so that one that, with the Big Mac. All, all the time, bro. One o'clock. I'm, I'm at, looks like shit. Yeah, Maybe it doesn't matter. Keys. It's all cracked up. But I got an In-N-Out burger, so I'm good to go. So this is a brand new building. <laughs> Pull your pants up. But what was the worst thing about, all, like, out of all the jobs you had while doing stand-up? And yeah. I still, I, I can't imagine this not being radio just because of the, the timing. But what was the worst thing about any job you had while you had to mix it in with stand-up? Ooh, uh, I'd say, okay, I'd say the worst thing about um, this one job I had where I was basically customer service. <laughs> Uh, and I sat in a cubicle all day, and I sold. You, you ever seen the? You ever seen office you know, the, the Office? The Office, right? Oh, the, the office. show, The yes. Office. You know how they? You know how they? Yeah, very close. Well, the Office. I got one word right, actually. The <laughs> Office space sentiment. That was my life, sitting in that cubicle. I've definitely had that feeling. But just like The Office, the TV show, I actually sold paper products. No way. So I was selling paper plates, selling paper cups. My whole life was paper. It was just a sad state of affairs. <laughs> you, it, I was just everything in my life was was bendable and breakable and rippable because I, I was just engulfed in this paper world so that that was the worst part about doing that job customer service for a person like me yeah is that i hate sitting down for yeah. hours at a time i hate being quiet for hours at a time yeah. i'm on the phone and i'm on the computer all day which i cannot just i cannot stand that and it would burn the fat off my soul dude so when i would leave there that's at five o'clock so scared to hear there when i would crazy. leave there at five o'clock yeah. i hated life life I, Damn, I, and, and here's the thing. I lived on the same block as I worked on. 
understand that. I lived on the same block as I worked on. This is over on uh, on Cherry Street. So it was like no commute. You would just no, walk. It was just. I would just every day I wake up. I walk to work. I I burn on the inside. Then I'd go home, smoke some weed, cry for a little while, oh, and then and then just listen to sports talk radio, and then just repeat in the morning. It was the saddest. Damn, it dude. was the saddest time of my life. And you man. just hated paper. Like you 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 refused to I write ref- jokes on paper. Yeah. I, now I, I'm like Jay Z, man. I just freestyle like, everything. Give me cardboard. Now. I'm not using this shit. Cardboard. <laughs> What just, do you mean there's no cardboard? Isn't this the improv? So that was it right there, man. That was that was the uh, the worst. You guys need cement or paper? <laughs> I can't imagine having to do that shit because like it just it's gotta be worse if you do the, a show. Yes. Bomb. Wake up in the morning. Sell no paper. Sell no paper. It's <laughs> like that was a fun 24. It's a terrible. Yeah, I had a lot of those 24. The, the 72 hour power. The 72 power hours. I get you to see you getting you bumped on a show. It's like you don't know how much I need this. Set. I need this. I gotta sell All these right. cups. The paper industry is literally. <laughs> crashing. They've got these notes on the phone now. It's just... This is crazy, man. What's the single worst moment of your life at a day job? Other than getting fired. Ooh, single worst moment of my life. Um, I worked at a liquor store for a long Damn, time, dude, how actually. How many jobs did you oh, have? I've had dude. many jobs, my friend. How old are you here? Like uh, nine? I, I, I mean, I've, I've done everything, man. I've, I worked... My first job was when I was hit? 11 years old. Who, no. Oh, what were you doing at 11? At 11 years old, I was Legally. stocking... I was stocking beers and soda. That is so illegal nowadays. I'm not, suppo- I'm not even supposed to touch the beer, but I was stocking beers and soda, and, and by the time I was 13, I moved myself up to the register, and I was working the register. You moved yourself I was, up? Well, I mean, I had worked myself <laughs> up to the register, right? You became right? manager at 11 and a half. I'm going <laughs> to fucking start working the cashier. I'm assistant manager at 12. Beers are heavy. I was. Like, hey, hey, real question about the beer. You ever fuck, Did you ever slide a beer in? Did oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. I said I got just a drunk Rudy watching. Dude, Dodgers. First, first time I got shipping. drunk, I snuck some club mudslides out of the liquor store, and I drank them on the side of the liquor store next to the dumpster, and I got super drunk, and then I went home to go play Nintendo all day. It was it was crazy. That's the life, dude. That was the real life. Before rejection. When I was 13 years old, I worked my way up to the register, and the funniest thing ever, dude. They used Who's to, the boss? Sorry, my, Indian. No, this uh, this uh. Italian, I know some Indian. Italian like, what are you? How old? <laughs> 22 okay well you can sleep you don't look mexicans are getting younger but you look 10 but okay grab the beer he was he was a, he's an italian guy that's italian actually dude. been in this neighborhood uh for a long time and they've owned the shop for a long time he gave me a job at 11 because i used to go in there all the time and 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 buy baseball cards and i got that was my first job when i was 13 years old kabir i was asking grown men for their id that's be- before i sold them their malt liquor i would have stole that liquor you probably would have whooped my ass at 13 dude too. i used to I used to, at 13 years old, I used to be like, hey, man, here's a, I need to see your ID. And then they, like, pull out their wallet halfway. Yeah. And then they think about it and look at me and be like, let me see your ID. Yeah. Where's your ID at, you know? And, but that was just, that was my job at the time. Where's but, your father? I need cigarettes. You but, can't but handle the, that. The worst time I ever had was when I got robbed. I got robbed in the liquor store, man. Robbed at the liquor yeah, store? Yeah, I got, 13? I had a gun placed right Some to your cheek. And you're like, thir- how old were you? No, I wasn't 13. I was like, Actually, I worked there for a long time, so I was probably like 19. 19? Yeah. That's still pretty young now. Yeah, it's young. still pretty bad. I had a gun pressed up to my Is this cheek. Another and liquor store? You no, same liquor store. Same liquor store. Same liquor store. Jesus Christ. You worked there from 11 to 9? When did you leave? I, dude, I used to work there, like, you know, they sporadically. Shut that shit down. You got to leave. I've been here since I was 11. <laughs> right. I'm like chaining Fuck myself McDonald's. to the wall. Build that somewhere else. That was it, man. That was that was probably the single worst time. I mean, Getting I've had some pretty bad jobs. What's going through your head? Uh, I'm going to die. Was he Indian? At no, least? he was. God I think I'm pretty sure he was black. 
Give me sure all of your good. shit. Yeah, he's, everything, dude. Everything. I, I, I just opened up the register and just started handing over handfuls of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You know, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I'm do trying to live. Here. I'm trying to survive, you know? Sir, I've had my puberty in here. If you think you're walking out <laughs> here with a fucking dime, I've got another thing coming. All right? I have to get high and play Nintendo in four hours. <laughs> yes. I can't have you taking my boss's shit. Oh, my God. That sounds like a That's terrible the one, man. day, dude. That's what the did you do after you got robbed? Uh, I just basically stood there stunned for yeah. about 15 minutes. Um, people, people were, I didn't even call the people police. People were coming in, sir. People were coming in. There was like a long line of people lining up, and I was just sitting there like just stunned for like 15 to 20 minutes. And I couldn't believe Can what I happened. Can I just get a Snicker bar? I know you just got robbed, but I really need the <laughs> Snicker bar. My wife's being a bitch. It was rough, man. <laughs> it was rough. That, that, But that was the bottom. That was hands down the worst moment. <laughs> hands down. There's no What else could it be worse? You told the ultimate tale of it. Actually, what to, could be worse? Actually, Something to be honest with you. Cut my hand off. To be honest with you, now when I think about it sometimes, I think about the fact of how I actually hated my life yeah. when I worked at the paper company right. versus that one moment where I was scared for my life. Yeah. And honestly, man, I think maybe hating your life for about <laughs> four worse. years was probably still worse than having a gun pressed to your face at and 19. Yeah, could you imagine? That was, that was one moment of terror and a lifetime of stories. I got to tell you. That right there was four years of my life that I robbed. wasted that I just, I can't get back. I got to rob somebody. I got to rob God. I got to rob paper. Give me all your leads. Trevor, this is, it's way too early for this. Is that a gun? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, no, that's got to be badass. That, I couldn't imagine doing. I couldn't imagine being robbed at a liquor store. Yeah, I would definitely give them all the money, but I would also like. You gotta I give would it be up. Doing something weird, like giving them tickets to shows too. You gotta give it up, man. <laughs> hmm? Are we gonna do the? Uh, they said just stop talking, and we're gonna do. Oh, something. do we? Because it's like ten twenty-one. Or, yeah. Oh, we can keep talking. This is dynamite no. shit. No, they. Hey, they told me. Hey. Not, they told me not to stop. They, or not to say anything. Just stop and then get back in there. Hell yeah. I'm on fire. All right, fuck it, let's run. <laughs> These stand-up jokes are going to be terrible. We're not going to okay, use no, any of that. Keep it rocking. That's why I, I don't want to say anything. We'll just keep you the guys need a break? The walls are okay? coming down. They're opening up. You got more questions? Oh, shit, it's almost 1020. It is 1020. That's, that's, why, that's why I did that. But shit. if you got more questions, keep it rolling. Is there anything else you want to ask? Anything funny you want to just end it with? What's your phrase? I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with something. Oh, let's... Well, for how long? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll I'll intro. Do you want me to ask you that? Yeah, could you do me a favor? Could you just bring in um, yeah, who your favorite comedian? Yeah, you could ask me uh, who my favorite comedians were. All right. And then I'm just gonna uh tell you the fact that I never watched stand up until I started it. Okay, cool. Okay. Jay, you gotta call it, man. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right, we're set. All right. All right, it's the rare formcast here with Rudy Ortiz and my guest Kabir Singh. We've been talking about everything today, man. We got into sports. We even made some bets today. Yes, we did. We've been talking a little bit of comedy uh, for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I want to ask you though, man. You know, of course, you're doing your thing. You're going everywhere and and just making a name for yourself. But what are some of the names in comedy um, that you either looked up to or admired or were really into yeah. their their style? What what are some of the names that that, that come to mind? Yeah, a stand up. I was a super late bloomer when it came to stand up. I don't think I started watching stand up until like maybe I think the first stand up comedy I've ever saw on TV was like maybe 6 months before I went on stage. Wow. And it didn't didn't blow me away or anything. I couldn't even tell you who I saw actually. But I did see it, but um the first live show I ever did was the Rooster T Feathers comedy competition when right. Sammy won it. Right. And then I saw that. That was my first live comedy show. And then I went back and I started watching stand up. And really, I mean, that was not, you know, it was like Dave Chappelle, Dane Cook, those guys. I mean, it sucks whenever I talk to old school people, they just hate me immediately. Because they five yeah. seconds of talking. What kind of comedy do you like? Ah, I started watching that about uh, nine years ago. 
because uh, they, they don't like the fact that you're they probably feel like oh this guy doesn't. yeah and i went back i mean i knew the, the social pressures of knowing i mean i went back and watched the stand-up from like richard pryor and eddie murphy and stuff like that but i don't think there was it's weird like as a comedian i'm sure there was a comedian that inspired you to, to to do stand-up there's really there's not like a comedian i could pinpoint and be like that's the reason why i do stand-up comedy or that's who i want to be it's kind of weird but no my, mine is paul rodriguez because and i say that because what? no let me tell you why because that was the Edit first that actually i know paul really well that's, that's what i'm saying <laughs> no paul is still out there paul is still out there doing he's his thing it, but he's i mean just being like a being like a young mexican kid like listening to watching a lot of stand-up comedy because i loved watching comedy as a kid right? right but then when i saw paul rodriguez he came out with an album a long time ago called macaroni or mac and cheese or mac macaroni cheese. and cheese i think it's yep. called macaroni and cheese um and that was the first ever cd or anything audio that i actually ever purchased what year was that i don't want i want to say Were 19 you 11 working at the liquor store <laughs> yeah it was, my, it was my liquor store money um i, I want to say like 1994 93 okay. wow. something like that okay okay yeah, yeah and yeah. i bought that i went to suncoast I, I bought it at suncoast uh bought the cd bought the album and that was it right there man once i heard paul rodriguez i was like this is you this ever is, work with this him? is cool no never had a chance to work For with him real, i've dude? met him a couple of times but never i saw him out over at uh, at the radio station came in he came in a couple of times to do um some that Guy. Sets. Yeah, real real nice guy, real cool That's guy. Cool. That's cool that you have that kind of guy. Because when I was growing up, there was no – I mean, for you, I mean, I, I don't sure if it was just because he was – was uh was well Hispanic, him, him being I mean, Mexican definitely helped the situation it for me. Did, like but I mean, as it a, probably wasn't the game breaker, but for me, like Russell didn't blow up till like 1999. Right. And I don't think I really watched his stuff until way later, until it already blew up. But yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Stand up is great. There's a lot of great comedians. I, I like watching the comedians that are just. Uh, that, that just I get to work with. I mean, there's so many. It's crazy going to like when you're doing a show in like Chicago and Boston, just your feature and openers alone. Those yes. guys are like killers. Some of them. Yes. Like, what is this guy trying to make my life harder right now? I don't. Know. Is 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 <laughs> the, be on the same team here? There's <laughs> nothing to prove here. I mean, is that a thing though? Do you get that a lot? Like yeah, like when dude. you when you featured oh. before, do comics ever like say, you know what? I don't want to know. I don't know if Kabir's is the right, right feature because he might blow it out the water. Then I yeah. gotta follow him. Uh, there's been the three times I've ever been kicked out of stand-up com like getting canceled from weekends. There's two of them. We're from when I was featuring for other comedians. They're like, we don't even want to. But it's so rude to do that because, number right. one, I always hated on them. I was like, that's such stupid. That's so dumb. You're headlining. You should be able to do whatever. And then you'd go there and do it. And then, you know, they, they wouldn't even ask you to take it down. You'd just get canceled. But then when I started headlining and started going to, like, <laughs> like you know, like Atlanta should do the shows. And I'm just all like, yeah, could you tell this guy to calm down here? <laughs> We're just trying to have a good just time. Just ease up right yeah, here, yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, the feature spot's obviously the easiest opening spot. But, like, uh, it is weird, though. Like, that you, you got to, like – but, again, there's a lot of great comedians out there that, that just are stuck at that spot because they don't have the TV credits to headline. It has right. nothing to do with their stand-up. I was stuck featuring for, like, five years before I got on Stand-Up Revolution – uh, before that, it was basically just me bearing other headlines. You make enemies doing that; they don't yeah. like you anymore. Do, do you do you find that do you find that you have like a way of writing jokes or or something that works specifically for you? Because I know that's something that comics you know comics all have a different way of coming up with material. Yeah. What is what is your way? Do you have a formula that works for you? Or I, I do have a formula, and I think we're gonna try it out actually. Because what I do is I I don't really write like. I don't sit there and have like a structure of the way I write my jokes. What I do is I come up with premises and then I will go on stage ah. or just kind of tell people with my friends, could you listen to me? And then we will build a joke together. Yes. I mean, what happens is someone will give me like uh, – and a lot of times I won't use that specific idea, but someone will show something like, okay, what if you do this, which I'm going to do right now actually because okay. I'm going to try this actually because I do have a – I've been doing a bunch of sets this week and there's three jokes that I've been working on, two actually that I, that I want to do. When you come up with the premise, 
you just kind of go out there and say it and you try to help it out. So I got a joke about aliens. I've always wanted a UFO joke, and I've written like five in the past, and they've all sucked. Right. So this is the only one where I thought I came up with a really good premise. So I'm going to throw it out there. And then well, you got, a, you got a microphone right there, but we actually do have a stage here. Um, we do. With, with the We're microphone, with the microphone set stage? up. Um, well, you might as well just. Right, let's cut right now. There you go. That was a good bridge, though, right? 30 seconds. Okay, cool. Bridge is good? Yeah, yeah it was good. Why, that sounds like a wonderful idea, Mr. Monet. I'll be delighted to come. And Mr. Boynton, do you speak for him as well? Mr. Boynton has been spoken for many times. The trouble is he doesn't answer. Oh, you mean about tonight. Yes, Mr. Monet, I feel sure I can speak for Mr. Boynton. Oh, fine. I'll be leaving then. I'll walk you to the door, Mr. Monet. Oh, my address is uh, 9066 Shawm Drive. Try to get there before 10. And I'm sure that as my students say, we will have a ball. <laughs> I'm sure that we will. Yes, until tonight then, Miss Brooks. Stay in the groove. Oh, Natch, Mr. Monet, Natch. <laughs> and Mr. Monet. Yes? Don't take any wooden francs. <laughs> Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, will return in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith. Ladies, regardless of age, skin type, or previous beauty care, doctors prove you too may win a lovelier complexion with palm olive soap. But to win this lovelier complexion, the kind men admire and women envy, you must stop improper cleansing. Instead, use palm olive soap the way doctors advise. Remember, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, advised 1,285 women, many with complexion problems, to use palm olive this way. Some have dry skin, some oily, some coarse looking. Using palm olive soap alone, two out of three won lovelier complexions. Now, here's what the doctors advised. Wash your face with palm olive soap. Massaging for one minute with palm olive soft lather. This cleansing massage brings your skin palm olive's full beautifying effect. Rinse. Do this three times a day for 14 days. It's that simple. But doctors have proved this way using nothing but palm olive really works. So forget other beauty care. Use palm olive soap alone for a lovelier complexion. For loveliness all over, use big, thrifty bath-size palm olive in your tub or shower. After Mr. Monet left, I tried to get Mr. Boynton on the phone to tell him about the invitation. But ours is a party line, a four-party line to be exact, and every time I picked up the receiver, it was in use. Always careful not to lose my temper, I sat by the phone and drummed lightly on the top of the table until my five fingernails were impaled in the mahogany. <laughs> then I tried it once more. As sure as my name is Lucy Schofield, that's the only way to treat man there, boss. Believe me, if I had to do it all over again, Emma, I'd, oh, excuse me a minute, dear, I think I smell my rose burning in the kitchen. Now, that's a coincidence. And if you're listening to Mutiny Radio, you've made a great choice because they're still filming this cool thing. Yay! The rare form cast. Here we go. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna put it, come around now? Are you gonna start on this side, or are you gonna? I'm gonna start on this side. You are gonna start. On this side. I'm gonna get out of the way. Um, that's what I was thinking. The, 
I was gonna say my camera died right when Rudy was doing his little intro. So I'll, I'll grab Rudy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. What am I doing here? I'm just trying to. I'm trying to demoralize you're, him. You're demoralizing him, and you're telling him how he. You know his. You, you know the tiger. You've seen the stripes, bro. Right. This isn't in your future. Right. I don't see why you would even sign up for something like this. You think you're gonna be able to get up and, and handle going and doing this job? And you know, you you gotta kind of treat it as you're a blue collar and this blue collar worker just says I can. So you want me to just say? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. To where it's maybe a little bit offensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I trying to be funny or am I just trying to? You, you can do whatever you want. Okay. Cool. What are you doing? 
you just you, you just want to kind of have yeah uh, more of a disgusted undertone okay yeah of like bro I love you yeah no you can't do it. this isn't you and then can I stand up and walk away like <laughs> like walk cro- like like leave him when I'm done talking to him can I just or you yeah, want to stay here leave him dusted like like use that no, as no, I, I, mean, I think that's a little too stagey. Okay, cool. Just stay here. You guys are still friends, for fuck's cool. sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, you can even... That's, that's what I was asking. I was like, how, like, how hard are you going to go? You, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, no. You're not going to tell him to lock up after, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just wants to be more well, disgusted. Well, I'll call Kyle when I feel like, you Wait, know. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah, run yeah. that by me real quick. He's going to... So after, okay, after the stage shit, you're going to come back in here. He's going to say, you know, okay, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go pick up Jay. Jay Rich, go Try to do his job with him at the barbershop. I'll see you later. You, you'll wrap it up. Thank you for coming. And you'll say, okay, I'm clear. And then you'll kind of speak straight with him. Don't be, don't be like, fucking a dick, yeah. mean or anything. Yeah. No, you can like, be a little bit mean. But just, you but be just truthful mean like how we yeah, are. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, just be straight. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, the show is off now. I don't have to be fucking Mr. Show. Right. I can yeah. just be real with you. I like the angle of Be real as a friend. Yes. Yeah. This, this isn't going to work. Yeah. What's not gonna work? Like you trying to be, you, you trying, trying to do the day be, jobs. Yeah. Should we just? Oh like, yeah. That, that's that's yeah, my motivation. Like, like I'm no way gonna be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like I know you. I, I've seen you work before. Can't respond. I can say that. Yeah. Back. Just gonna be. Uh. Oh, I can just say that. It's your reaction. It's your reaction. Beautiful. It's you know however you want to play that. However you feel about this shit, honestly, should come through. I'll show you. I'll show you, world. Father. Sorry. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I went blind with rage. <laughs> oh, do I? Are we already? We're still sitting. Yeah, you're sitting. You're, you're doing the. You're, you're setting them up again for the stage shit. The stage shit, yeah. And then we're gonna do that part. Come here, look. So I'm gonna start off with the process, and then you mentioned yeah, your jokes. Speed. Okay. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, I'm gonna start process off. Process like, to jokes again? No, I'm, I'm gonna be Got like, talking about your process. No, yeah. Okay. And I just walk out and do the stage. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, Kabir. Like one of the things that I get asked a lot from other comics, and really just like normal, you know, audience members in general, yeah. uh, is about the process for for actually coming up with the material. Do you have a process for your material? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a structure on how I'm going to write stuff. Uh, what I do is I come up with premises, and then what I'll do is just, I'll just randomly just kind of go hit up the open mics, throw them out there, see what comes up at the top of my head, um, and then you know other comedians, you know, in the community will kind of help you out. Uh, and, and stuff like that. So sometimes it could be like brainstorming when you're yeah, talking about brain- tagging yeah. and stuff like that. Well, once you get the premise, you can kind of go up there and figure out what you want to do. And then you, once you say it out loud, you kind of hear it and kind right. of figure it out. It's, it's better than just a pen and pencil, well, uh, a, a pen and paper, because you don't you just you don't hear it. You know I mean, it's saying? interesting because that's usually the that's that's the conventional method. People want right. to sit down, quiet place. Yeah. Don't want to be interrupted. I need to put my thoughts right, right. onto the pad. But you're saying that you're really just coming up with the premise right. and then making it making it grow from there. Exactly. Like I'm. <laughs> to go i'm gonna do this right now there's like two jokes that i want to try out that i've been that i've been working on okay. mentally but um you know you're just gonna go out there and do it but most too many comedians are afraid of going up there and just bomb it and just coming up with ideas that's the whole point of this so. that's real that's real so, so, so it, and you could actually help me write this joke i want to be a part I, of this i will walk you through the joke and then i will also tell you where i need help with all right take your take your bits right. hit that stage that we got set up at the front of the room and uh and then we'll go from there 
Kabir Singh. Wow, I didn't, I didn't think we were going to get a chance to see uh, Kabir Singh live in action. Actually, actually doing, being a part of the process, I'm excited by this. You come up with a premise, and then you just throw it out there and figure it out. Like, um, Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. Kabir oh, Singh. Yeah, hey, 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 coming to the stage, this, this guy. It looks like the same uh, attendance as, uh, as my usual shows, actually. <laughs> I feel very good about this. Um, like, so I have this joke. I've always wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to write a, a joke about aliens, which is uh, kind of weird. But, like, shit. Mm. Have that, right? Improv, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, animals. <laughs> yeah, right. Come back Shouldn't be getting sick. Uh, how do we want to do that? Do you want to just have him walk out again? Yeah, that'd be great. Try it again. Come on, no problem. You want to just walk out, right? Yeah. Can I take this from sports? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the to the betting. All right, we'll do the process thing again. Then we'll do we do the about. process thing again? Or do I just say, all right, let's do this? <laughs> okay, so. Fucking go from walking out. Got it. All right, let's go do this. Let's do it, man. Let's rock it out. I get a chance to actually be a part of your process here, which is going to be fun for me. Cause, uh, yeah. Because this is basically brainstorming right now. Yeah, it is brainstorming. You know, you don't have the whole thing. The whole joke, but you could do it in front of other funny people and they'll help you of out. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, Kabir Singh. All right, so uh, I've always wanted to write a joke about aliens, so I thought this would be funny. Uh, my worst fear in life is to be abducted by UFOs. Mm. Uh, not because I'm afraid of aliens. I don't care about aliens. I'll slap them in the face. Uh, what, what I don't want to do is be the uh, representative for Earth. Because... <laughs> When you get abducted by aliens, they're going to ask you questions about what's going on there, and I'll, I'll ruin it for all of us. I'm not a smart person, <laughs> right? So I'm pretty sure, like, the alien, like, what would be one of the things an alien would ask? Uh, uh, yeah, what do you eat? Yeah, so I was thinking, like, but we probably, yes, so eat. That's a good one. See, there you go. That's why it's, it's working. Story. Process is working. I would say, like, I would be a really bad representative for Earth because I'm pretty sure the alien would be like, uh, who's your leader? And I'd probably be like, uh... It could be you if you play your cards right. Right. <laughs> Let's go downstairs and take over the world. You've got weapons, right? You right. Know, something weird like that. But food is another good incorporate, one. Incorporate. You can incorporate since you're since you're gonna abandon your species. You can incorporate some sort of like gentrification of it all. Like you're gonna be the, the aliens are gonna gentrify Earth, and it's gonna be a lot of alien hipsters walking around here, little mustaches, little unicycles, something like that. Just something like that. It could be like, well, we're all one down there. Right. Uh, and also maybe incorporate something funny. Be like, is LeBron James one of you guys? <laughs> right. Jumping over cars down there, and we've never seen anything like it. He plays for the Monstars from right. from Space Jam. There you go. Something weird like that. And here's the other joke that I think I have down. I'll try it out. It's uh, is that uh, I do have a girlfriend now, and uh, her best friend uh, is a gay dude who sent her a dick pic, ah. which is weird, right? Uh, and he claims it's an accident. But first of all, I don't think he's gay. I think he's straight. He's just trying to hook up with my girlfriend. Number two, uh, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic, right? You got to grab your phone, turn your phone on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, pull your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that, send that, 
It's a lot of steps. Right. <laughs> so that's pretty much what we're trying to work on over there. And you can tell you can tell when the guy is insecure with his dick pic because oh. he'll always put like something next to it to show the scale oh, to see right. so, so you can see exactly how big it is. Ruler, right? Yeah, like think about a ruler. Like he'll probably put like a roll of nickels next to it a and roller. just just so you understand that he's working with something. That's right. It's, it's, it's a, this battery. It's the secure dudes. What the secure dudes want? are the ones that just point the camera down and click. That's Those are right. the secure guys. The insecure and that's how you do it. So see, we just came up with some stuff right there. And I'm right. Like, write it down now. I love the aliens one. With you. If, if, if the guy has a bunch of stuff in the backdrop of his dick pic, he's yeah. very insecure. And he, yeah. wants to, he wants to distract you from what's really going on that's right. and make you see the backdrop like, or something. It's like a hotel with miniature shampoo and stuff. Like, <laughs> right. Hey, no, just hanging out at Target. That's not Target. He's got the there. New York skyline behind his dick for some odd reason. That's the Hyatt. Yes. Okay. I see that. I, this you is the process. You want to do, so that's basically my process. What I'll do is I'll hit up the open mic just like I did, and I'll literally talk about the joke while I'm doing the joke. Right. It annoys some people, but who gives a shit? Who cares? You know, it's like, this is the way I do it. They already paid their money anyways. laugh. Yeah. You're already getting paid at the end of the night. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So that's the best way for me to write. I like that. Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. There we go. I'll give you a one-man applause. Yeah, I know. Golf clap. A little golf clap. So so this is, okay, now this time you did it... on stage, like right. you're actually on stage. I don't yeah. know if that's typically how you do it, but I understand the concept behind right, this right. though. It's about bringing a premise to the forefront and then building off that. I like that. Right. This is like very organic. How do you do it when you're not actually on a stage talking to you know somebody who's like right in front of you, like critiquing you? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough. Like what I'll do is I'll just annoy my friends and start open micing it with them. Sometimes. With your buddies, you're just oh, hanging yeah. out with your buddies. Oh, I do that with my mom all the time. Oh, she ah. hates it. She's like, why don't you come back when the jokes are good, please? That'd be okay. <laughs> right. I am not a test dummy. And I'm like, Mom, you, you got to – this is gold. Um, but no, really, listen, there's no excuse to not hit mics, man. I mean, yeah. really, any city. I mean, you could be anywhere and you could hit up a mic. So really, it is best to go on stage and just throw those out there. I mean, do people kind of – do, especially your comedy friends, I yeah. can imagine, do they kind of call you out on that? Like, dude, don't open mic me right, right now. Right, right, right. Oh, oh, like, well, like do your friends ever say that? Or? I do it with my friends. But Who have no idea what's going on. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll they, just, just, like, they just think you're being extremely clever yeah. and very witty. And yeah. oh, that oh, that Kabir, he's always got a snapper. I'll just be at my cousin's <laughs> birthday party. He's like 15. Sell Trump, huh? Have you seen this guy? He's like, please, uncle. Oh, man. It's my birthday. That's incredible, man. I, I'm, Get your kids over here. You guys want to hear a comedy show? I'm di- well, what's actually, what's the youngest What's the youngest crowd that you've ever done? I mean, have you ever done a oh show, like, God. specifically for kids? I've done Indian weddings where they won't even tell me there's kids. Oh, my God. Those wow. are the worst shows ever. I did, like, an Indian reception once, and I show up, and it's just literally, like, eight, seven-year-olds to four-year-olds maybe just circling around me and dancing. Yes. While I'm doing my set. While you're doing your bit. While people are eating. While I'm contemplating why I didn't go to law school. Right. <laughs> this is so much. This is the worst experience ever. I mean, is that the worst setup oh, for a comedy show? Oh, it's the worst. And then when I do actual comedy shows where it is all ages, I mean, those can be fun because nobody yeah. in their right minds coming there. But when you start doing these private gigs where it just could be like young ass kids. Over there, it's crazy. Yeah, this there's my my thing about comedy shows is I I hate to sound you know like like I'm being uh, petty, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a, a lot about the setup. Like if you have, for example, you've done you know shows at a bar before or at a restaurant right, right. or something like that, um, where they're trying to put put on a comedy show, but they just don't have the elements around the right. comedy in 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 order. You know, TVs yeah. are on, you got music playing in the background, you got the bar facing that way and yeah. the stage facing that way. I mean, what do you do? What do you do when you have a situation where 
where you can't get everybody's attention, yeah. but you're supposed to do 25 minutes of comedy. You know, at that point, you just have to focus on the five people that are watching you. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, if they're literally not going to pay attention to you, right. uh, it's never going to be 100% of the crowd not paying attention to you. Do you, you just get louder? You could. It depends how much you care about the show. Right. When you do right. it, when you're headlining 30 shows a month, you're just sitting there like, this one could slide. Yeah. <laughs> I did real good yesterday. These people don't want it. We're not giving it to them. But, like, even when they're not paying attention, you just pick out the four or five that are paying attention and open yeah. mic and do some new stuff and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, it also depends if you're getting paid or not. I mean, you, they depend on you to do well. I mean, how many bar shows do you have to, you're getting paid, like, what, 100 bucks a show up? I mean, yeah, that'd be, that's nice when they can shoot you a nice $100 yeah. for a bar show. And that's doing, nice. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes yeah. up there, and you're like, you know, they're not paying attention. You're like, I should probably try to get their attention. What's your What's yeah. your take on uh, the probably the one thing that uh, I would say scares people? Nah, I mean, no, that's cool. We can just, we just get that, yeah. So I'll I'll wrap it up. Ask if you got any show, what shows you got coming up. No, no I don't, don't, think we, say, oh, oh. don't I guess I don't even need to say that right yeah, now. Yeah, I think we just wrap it I'm up. Cheating, I'm cheating like a real podcast. Um, uh, wait, we mentioned what would that, the, the, the hustle, the whole Jay Rich thing. Barbara, I have to say that I'm going to go to Jay Rich's place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mentioned yeah, that. So, yeah. You just say, what are you doing up next? Yeah. Just say, what I'll are you doing I'll wrap it up, next? and then I'll ask you, what are you up to? It's like, well, we're going to Oakland to pick up Jay Rich to go uh, to his side hustle. Can I say hi? We're not saying side hustle. No, no. We're going to go do uh, his day job. His day job. That's another word. Yeah. I'll just go be like, yeah, we're going to go to his day job. He's a barber. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to cut some hair. Okay. And then you could give, like, a quick opinion on what you think how you think I'm doing. Okay. Could be supportive on the radio. And yeah. Right and then it's real, done. yeah. Be supportive and then on I'll the radio, and then right when it's done, it's like, yo, shit. bro, I, you, you, you're not going to be And then I'll wrap it up, and then we'll do our thing. Well, Kabir, it's uh, it's been a blast, man. It's been a while since we had a chance to really like sit down and chop it up like this, man. And always I'm, a pleasure. I'm always happy for your success. I'm always in your corner, man. And I know I'm gonna catch you at the microphones and stuff like that. But you know, you just keep on rocking your thing, keep Thank on doing you, your man. thing, man. I appreciate it, man. And congratulations on the radio show, man. We'll I appreciate that. I appreciate. It. We're gonna work. We're gonna do more of this more often, man, because I always love uh, your vibes and I love your energy, man. But yes, uh, what do you what are you up to for the rest of the day? Well, we're off to uh, you know Jay Rich, the yeah. other, uh, an amazing comedian. His uh, his day job. He's a barber. Really? He's a barber in Oakland. Okay. So, so uh, we're going to go spend the day with him at work. Uh, and then um, 
I think he's gonna try to get me to cut some hair, man. I'm. I think I'm gonna be. Uh, I think I'm gonna be good at it. Maybe you, I'll find another passion. You know what though? I think you. I think you will be also because the thing is, like, people love a, a barber with a good personality. You're yeah. obviously you're a funny guy. Oh, like, you're gonna entertain you. them. You're gonna entertain them. They're gonna be looking forward to having their hair cut by Kabir Singh. I think it's gonna be fun. I you're think, gonna I fit feel in. bad for the people that are gonna get the haircut. No, me, but no. I'm excited. I'm gonna see what it's like. You know, because it's not all. It's not all cutting hairs. I know he has got a uh, a strenuous job, so it's gonna see. If I'm gonna be excited to to try it out. Maybe watch a YouTube video on uh, on fades oh, before, yeah. before you, before you we get down no there. We have no time for that now. That, that should have been done Just do that, man. Ago. Kabir, I really appreciate you, man. Again, thank you, brother, for coming on, man. Thank you, You Rudy. have been all uh, had a chance to listen to the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Once again, thank you guys all for tuning in. You guys have a great day. Take it easy. Thank you, man. Right on, man. All right. <sighs> man, uh, I got to tell you, man, that is, uh, you, know, I, you know I believe in you. Yeah. And and you know we go back and stuff. Um but this 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 day job thing, man, it's 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 not going to work, Kabir. It's not it's not going to work, man. I, you you you're you're not ready Listen. for this, you know. This is a lot of work. You already put in all these miles onto your brain and everything. Yeah. It's you're not going to be able to do this, man. This is not for you. It's not for you. How hard is cutting hair? I think you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Well, we'll see, sir. We'll see. We'll see about that, man. We'll Just, see. Uh, Take it easy, man. All Good right. luck. Good luck with everything. Take care, buddy. All right. Take I'll see easy. you soon. All right. Do a speech, man. Just go straight up and just right, say. It's not gonna work. All right. Just say. Uh, shorter. Job to do much shorter. All right. Got not you. Gonna work. And gotcha. can I say how hard is cutting hair? Could that be a yeah, good thing going back? Into okay. It? Five lines here. Okay, do I got you. Uh, what you do when you when you're ready to leave? I mean, you guys are gonna see each other tonight. That's yeah. the idea. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll see you later it's on tonight. All, it's all in one day, so you guys are gonna be performing at Tommy's. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so what are you up to? Is like before our show tonight. Yeah. I, well, I'm gonna go to Jay Rich thing, so I'll make that clear on that all right, one. Cool. Alrighty. Oh, uh, at the end? I'll do it quicker. I'll do it much quicker, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Say something homophobic. <laughs> Be like, mm. We need to sell this. All right, I got you. I got you. You guys ready? No. Doesn't look like it. Well, uh, Kabir, man, we spent like two hours together for the first time in a long time, and I really appreciate you coming through today, man. I've, I've had a blast. What are you up to for the rest of the day? Uh, that was a blast, man. Uh, well, we're going to be heading over to uh, to Jay Rich. You know Jay Rich, amazing comedian. Of course, um, of course. He's a barber, so we're going to go to his barber shop in Oakland. Wow. We're going to spend a day in his shoes, and then I'm going to be able to cut some hair. So you're going uh, to cut a little me, bit of hair? Yeah, so I don't okay. know if I'm going to survive tonight. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm excited. We're going to go see uh, how he does his job. And it's gonna be exciting, and we have the big show tonight, man. We do, so man. So we're gonna up. we're gonna hook up later on tonight. I Absolutely. want you to I want you to let me know what the whole barber shop experience was like for you. Oh, I'm, I will. I'm yeah. sure you're gonna do great, man. You got a great personality, and people love a happy barber. So well, I think you're gonna you, be good, Rudy. man. Thanks for having again, me, brother. I appreciate it, man. Once again, you guys have been listening to Kabir Singh right here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Thank you for tuning in. You guys, take it easy. All right. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, this barber shop thing, man. It's not. It's not gonna work for you, man. It's not gonna work for you. You're. Uh, you're not cut out for it. Dude, how hard is it to cut hair? Honestly. Well, you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out. All right. You let well, me know tonight, man. 
I'll see you tonight, baby. All right, baby. Thanks Take it easy. I'll see you soon, man. Take care. All right. some responses can't they just talk other things i can same thing right like the same thing we just did what's that first one is alien second one is dick pic okay same idea Second joke, though. I want to right. do another show. Wow. First, one, first one was good. Let's see what the second one is. Oh, one second, one second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the second joke I had in mind uh, is, uh, is, this, is this. So I have a girlfriend. Uh, her best friend is gay. Okay. Uh, but he sent a dick pic to her recently that he claims was an accident, but I don't think hmm. it is an accident because um, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic. It's complicated. So it's complicated. You gotta grab your phone, turn it on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, put right. your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that dick, right. send that. I mean, it's a lot of work. Right. I think that's a lot of stumbling. Too much stumbling. I mean, what, what do you think needs to be added? I mean, I think the punchline's a little weak, but well, you know, the premise. Yeah. You just gotta remind people, you gotta remind people that the more stuff that you add to the dick pic in the background, the yeah. more insecure the man actually is. Oh, see, that's a good idea. Like, if he's got a roll of quarters or something to show the scale from whatever it is that he's holding to his <laughs> penis, that's because he's, he's unsure about himself you know the 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 secure guys just look take the camera and then point down and click those are the secure guys triple a batteries nothing going on yeah exactly there's batteries it's just there's no other things to compare it to in a secure dick pic exactly so remember that i like it they always do the travel size stuff too the toothpaste and stuff right like this is target i'm like that's not target (laughs) right Yeah, no, I like that. So I could add that stuff. It's about brainstorming. We're brainstorming. So, again, man, I, I always find that the best way to do it. Two things. You say it out loud, the joke, you hear it, and then other people can uh, help you out, man. That's kind of the problem. I dig that. We're doing, we're doing the, the entrance from the very beginning? Yep. All right. So just until he comes in, we're we're going all the way to the point where he comes in and sits down. Okay.
Okay, we'll do it again. I mean, just whatever you can remember. Oh, yeah, I, I remember how. I, I'll, it was like a minute, almost a minute before he came in. 30 seconds and just give us that. Yeah, okay. Sure. Go. Uh, right. And then, Ben, you're going to get him coming in. Yeah, I'm just going to pick this up from my side until he comes and then I'll, I'll get him over. Uh, you want me to go yeah, wider or come here? Three, two, one. What up, world? Welcome to the Rare Form cast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest today, who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only... Oh, okay. No problem. Three, two, one. What's going on, world? Welcome to the Rare Formcast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, comic extraordinaire. The guy's been everywhere. You've seen him on Comedy Central. He's actually just recently uh, done some writing for Family Guy. I mean, the guy's blowing up. I've known Kabir for almost, uh, I want to say, eight or nine years now. Known him ever since the open mic days over at Tommy T's back in Pleasanton, for those of you who know the the scene. that That's when they used to have karaoke right after comedy. It was usually funnier after the comedy show was over because of the karaoke. So we're going to be talking a lot about sports, a lot about politics, uh, a lot about comedy. Actually, we're only going to be talking about sports and comedy. No politics today. We're going to keep that in the uh, on the other side. But uh, my man Kabir is going to let us uh, into his career, let us know what he's up to, what he's been, what he's got going on. And uh, actually, I think I just hear him coming in right now. Of course, Kabir, fashionably late, fashionably late as always. My man knows how to make an entrance. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh. What's up? What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Good. It's been a while, brother. This is nice. Right on, man. Welcome. Welcome to the Rare Formcast. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Do it one more time? Yeah, you don't even have to talk about that. Okay. You know what? When he comes in, just do that. Oh, I think I just heard him. Cool. Cool. What are you? I I was kind of from, I was a little uh, on the angle here. I was going to see if I could get a little bit more profile to get him walking. Mm Because there's so much reflection. I get like when I'm in here, I get these kind of fun little crosses where he crosses by close to the camera and I get a little bit of lighting there. But it's like, maybe Jay, maybe Jay, you should be here to let him come up. So we can come up.
All right, and actually, I think I hear him walking in now. Is that the oh, okay? My bad. Yeah, so we will have Kabir Singh in studio very soon. My man knows how to make an entrance. I've known him for years. He's always been like that. And as a matter of fact, I think I hear him walking in right now. There he goes, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh. What's up, man? Making an entrance, as always, treating me like it's your court date. I dig it. I like that. No problem, my man. Welcome. Welcome to the Rare Formcast. The one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. I see Rudy, man. Right on. Better go. Cool, man. Yeah, the I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, you so much, man. And then you're going to go grab some lunch with your boys? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go grab some lunch with my folks. Let me walk out with you guys, though, man. You guys, are they already packed up? Oh, no. Take them. Yeah, yeah, So do you guys ever, I mean, what's the, like, the extent of the usage here? Is it, like, one person who, who does a podcast or multiple podcasts? Um, or? Well, I mean, I have, like, five podcasts. But oh, okay, there's, cool. Um, yeah, there's, that's the schedule currently, and it's 100 bucks a month. You get, um, you know, weekly two-hour podcast, hour and 15 minutes. That is cool. And um, some people use the performance base, Trish and Dan. I use it for Joke Workshop. I use it for Fantastics and yes. for Happy Hour. But, um Tomorrow we have some noise pop in here all day. We're gonna have live bands all day. Nice. We're gonna have do that. So and we've got a lot of like there's poetry every Friday, all that kind of bullshit. Right. <laughs> okay, so damn this yeah, is kinda cool though. I like I like the idea of like having a cool space like this. Yeah, we do um there's only thirty seats, but I do rentals on Saturday nights from eight to ten and yes. bucks. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's and cool. You get like podcasts. Because I'm trying to, you know, use the podcasting. Oh, look, you can record your show. <laughs> Actually, this sound is going to be, I hope that they can, that it's really usable for them. Right on. So you're you're like cadence in terms of how you you're able to do that. Is that something that you just 
developed over time, or is it something like, where you just sat down at a microphone one day and you're like, damn, I can do this? You know, like, you know what it was, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was a kid, um, I used to really be into rap music. So okay. I used to write a lot of rap music, and what I did, like from like the ages of like 19 to like 26, I recorded a lot of rap music. Oh, okay. So I think maybe that's where it kind of developed. You right. know what I'm saying? I didn't really get into comedy until like I was about 24, 25. Oh, okay. So well, I think maybe that's where it all it all started off. Right, at. right. Because it's like it's that ability too, right? Where you're just like, I got 30 seconds. I'm just gonna keep going. Like right. it's almost like stream of consciousness, but it's all connected. Yeah, and you want it to work. You don't want it yeah. to sound crazy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? You want it to actually work. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's impressive. But it's it's one of those, it's one of those things though that it's like I, I think it, that really helped out for comedy uh-huh. because sometimes when you're up there and you're bombing, yeah, like you have to make it. You, you if it's not gonna like, be funny, you gotta at least be interesting. Yeah, you know? so yeah, you, can't yeah. Just be, you literally can't just be standing there just looking blank. You yeah, know? yeah, so yeah. It kind of it's kind of like survival survival technique. <laughs> What's your name again, bro? I'm Ben. Ben, right on. Ben. So are you gonna be there on Sunday? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you again, Sam. Oh, yeah, you bet. I'll see you around. Yeah. Okay, add more files. Okay, it's being sent. Check radio, perfect. Radio, 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 radio. I got in here. Where's the mate gonna be? Bruno Street, down by the train yards. I'll draw you a map. Setup's the same. Car pulls up and honks a couple of times in an alley down there. Who's handling the bike? A big man. Don't waste any time. When is it? Tonight. Oh, oh no, no, I went back no, to the office and met with Sergeants Barr and Jacobson. 8 p.m. Ben and I took up our positions on the stakeout along with the rest of the men. We had a clear view of the exact location where the buy was to be made. We waited. 10 p.m. 11 p.m. No one showed. Midnight came and went. 1.30 a.m. Still no sign. At 18 minutes of 2, we spotted the man carrying a shopping bag emerge from behind a row of freight cars near the end of the rail yard. He made his way across the street to the alley. He stood back in the shadows. 
As soon as the car gets in the alley, we pull up and block it, huh? Yeah, that's right. Beck will do the same thing down at the other end. Headlights coming in the alley. Wait a minute. No. No, they're going on through. What's the time now? Four minutes to two. We waited. Eighteen minutes passed. Still no sign of the car that, according to Charles, was supposed to be there for the big buy. We could still see the figure of a man with a shopping bag huddled in the alley. 3 a.m. Joe. Yeah. Car down there in the alley. Yeah. That's it. You want to start up? Yep. Just enough to block the alley. Uh-huh. That's good. All right, come on, let's go. Come on. All right, kill your engine and get out of the car. Joe, look out! Let's get him out of there. Yeah. There's three of them. Yeah. Here's the guy with the shopping bag. All right, I got it. Christ knocked them cold. Yeah. That's one. Easy there. Yeah. Pull right over there, will you? Yeah. That's get his coat off of that. I got it. Okay. That's it. That's there it. Are. All three of them. Yeah. Hey. Hey, look at this, Joe. Found one of them in this guy's hand. Tin can, huh? Mm-hmm. Full of marijuana. Did you look at the labels on those cans? Yeah. Fancy, solid, packed tomatoes. There he is, the big tomato. The story you have just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On October 3rd, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 89, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Stanson, alias the Big Tomato, along with his associates in the narcotic gang, was tried and convicted for violating the State Narcotic Act. He received sentences as prescribed by law and are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the Office of Chief of Police, W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department.
Thank you. 